Hello, collectors. We are for collectors for collectors. I am John, the 3D80s kid. And tonight we are going to explore the topic of is pre-war affordable. And so let's start her up. Welcome to four collectors. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, with me tonight to explore this topic of pre-war bargain hunting is Doug from Decon's Cardboard. Welcome to the show, Doug. Hey, John. Great to have you. Uh, Doug, uh, like myself, is not a you know super long time diving into pre-war, but when we dive into something, we dive in with both feet. Uh, so... Uh, thought it would be good to someone that is exploring this now post boom and having to explore the prices of things like myself and trying to figure out how we can possibly afford as much of this as we possibly can. So uh, thanks for coming on for this topic, Doug. Um, My pleasure. And uh, unlike our launch kickoff, where we were restricted to the uh, tight uh, time limits of 50 minutes approximately for each show, I'm going to try to do more audience interaction here. So if anybody has questions, comments, throw them up. I'm going to try to get as many as I can up on the screen and uh, try to make this uh, a bit more interactive than our, than our launch event uh, was able to be. So. Uh, thanks everybody for coming. Uh, starting out, I see we've got Brian in the chat. Uh, welcome, Brian Hodges, fourteen fifty-five. Great to see you on camera in that last video. Uh, Orlando, a collector's dream. Welcome. And more. Well, I'm sure we'll sure be sure to come following up. So. Uh, get things started Doug I thought uh, we'd start uh, just uh, wandering back through time here so uh, you know the first major group of sets that those of us in the bargain hunting world are going to be exploring would be uh, the play ball cards uh, uh, what did you uh, bring to the table today from the play ball set Doug yeah I'm a little light on the play ball I have I have my eye on a lot of play ball cards um one because i'd like to add i like to add a little from you know every set that i watch and uh there are some key players that i'd like to collect in those sets like melot uh jimmy fox hank greenberg but i have an al stat I, th I think i'm pronouncing his name right he's the crown prince no the the uh sorry he is the uh uh Crown Joker? No, no, Clown Prince. Clown Prince seems yes. Clown Prince, yes, the Clown Prince of of, uh, of baseball, and he was uh, he was quite a character. So this card was this card was irresistible um, some years ago when I got it. I think I paid fifteen bucks for it. So uh, I'd say that's on a nice pre-war on a budget right there. Nice. Now myself, uh, I do not have anything but the 39 play balls either which i have got the 
George Kaufman, a common I picked up, I think for only 10 bucks, got it graded myself as uh, one of the guys with my last name. This is his rookie card. And then I've got the uh, one Hall of Famer, which would be Lefty Gomez. And on this card in particular, I, I did a reverse Dylan, is what I will call it. Uh, I bought a card that was actually uh, more centered to start with. Uh, that was a five, but I got that one for $120 in an auction. And I downgraded to this one for only 60. Uh, that's just a little bit off center, but you know, the picture resolution is barely equivalent to the other one. And it's not, not a perfect selling. reverse villain. For a perfect reverse villain, you would have had to pay more the second time. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's but, close enough. But I opted for the less centered card that was half the, half the price. So um, it is really what I did there. But uh, yeah. Uh, just to illustrate a little bit more of the play ball sets, I did bring some pictures here, at least of the 40. So uh, the 40 set was uh, significant for a, a large number of retired players, including yeah. like this uh, shoeless Joe Jackson that sells for a ridiculous amount of money and is clearly not a bargain hunter uh, search item there. Uh this uh, three, in fact, uh, sold for like $3,600, I believe. Wow. So, yeah, this is a case where he just has so few cards that are even available. And all the actual playing days ones are like five-figure cards that, yeah, even this set gets uh, outrageous in terms of pricing. I, I did not know that, and I would not have suspected that. Wow. Yeah, it was a little shocking to me, whereas... Uh, you know, like uh, Walter Johnson and the other, Over you know, Cleveland. like Hall of Famer guys. I yeah. mean, they'll they'll go for two, three hundred bucks or whatever in a fairly low grade. But yeah, the the Joe Jackson is crazy. So, and I also brought in some pictures then of the forty-one set which in many cases is just the uh, colorized 40 cards. Mm -hmm. You know, a notable rookie is the Pee Wee Reese in that one. But as you can see, the Jimmy Fox is a altered shirt version because he changed teams to, uh, I think it was the Boston Bees in 41, or was it mm -hmm. Beaters? Um, you know, whereas the previous year that I just had up there, he's the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. So uh, he went over to that National League uh, Boston team, whatever they had uh, were officially called at that point. And then I also brought out a picture here because Greenberg is in all three sets. And these cards, uh, interesting fact there is, uh, well, can you guess uh, which uh, set actually sells for more between these three generally, Doug? Um, I would guess, I would guess the 41. You would be guessing right. Cause these, uh, are approximately close grades. And I know the, the one on the left has a little bit of a blemish on right on his face that probably detracted a little bit from the price, but these going left to right ended up selling for 275, uh, 330. And then 
525. So uh, there is a bit of a premium seemingly on the 41 set. But interesting with that is uh, if you look at actually the uh, graded pop counts, uh, it is almost uh, reverse order there <laughs> because. Wow. Uh, the 41 set, there are only 72 cards in that set, and they have an average graded population of 414 versus 149 average for the 40 and 196 average for the 39. So, yeah, um, it's uh, completely a matter of clearly people love the uh, colorized photos there. Uh, yeah. As far as folks in the audience, what's your take? Do you like the black and white photos or do you like that colorized images? Um, like, and, and in this case, um, it, with this particular uh, display of th these, these Greenbergs, I do like the 41 the best, but I wouldn't say that's the case, you know, throughout the sets. Um, I think that, uh, I think we, we, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself, but with the 41s, a lot of the colors are, in my opinion, and I think, you know, I know we discussed this, John, are a little, are a little weak, almost pastel-y. Um, like when you, if, especially if you compare it to like the vividness of like a diamond stars or, you know, even, even the, um, the, the later color cards, like the, the leaf and the 49 Bowman, the, the, those bold colors, this is very like weak colors. But in this case, I think that like that green-ish is almost like the same green that is used in like the 54, you know, pea-colored tops <laughs> that that I or it's similar that I sort of have has an appeal for me, um, and I and I I like that backdrop color. So I that uh, that card appeals to me. Yeah. Well, apparently the chat agrees with you because it is uh, at this point uh, three for three for the 41 set uh, in the chat. Uh, I guess I myself am the only outlier at this point. Uh, I like the black and white photos over the colorized thing. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if all you guys caught the 48-49 uh, uh, rookie rankings argument uh, between uh, Greg and Chris from Missouri, but I was actually on the side of Greg favoring 48 Bowman versus the 49 cards, so... Uh, I'm kind of on that same take on this, well, you know, same company play ball. They just uh, named it in honor of the founder then later as Bowman. So um, yeah. it does have a very similar feel between those. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and I, I, uh, I do tend to like those, uh, the 39s more like um, particularly looking at players like Mel Ott and uh uh, yeah, Mel Ott is one of the strongest because I don't have a Mel Ott card, and that's one of the one of the sets that I'm I've been looking at the most. I see him in the 41. I don't even really consider the 40 as much because I don't like it too much. Um, but the 41, uh, I, I I've considered as well. But the 39 definitely is uh, my favorite. I am of the same take. Actually, I really like the 39s with the full the full images. So. Um, to me, it strikes me as comparable to like 53 Bowman, where it's just full image. Exactly. It's the best they could do with photography technology at that time. 
and uh, to me they look yeah. great so um yeah I, I i feel the same oh we got brian's actually a fan of the 1941s uh you know one thing of significance with the 40 set is you get all the nicknames which uh you know, mm -hmm. some people kind of like that you know you got the yeah the 40 the 40 reminds me more of like the some of those cards in the 20s except for the except for that it's square uh if it was like a different shape uh but like the design it's sort of like the some almost like some of the strip cards or the yeah. caramel cards Oh, there's a comment uh, made about the uh, the reference to the pea green uh, cards. So, <laughs> what was that? Uh, I Don love the, uh, yeah. says, okay, I yeah. love the fifty four pea green oh, tops. Not, not. Uh, I actually, I actually kind of do. Um, <laughs> I think I do. Like I picture the Yogi Berra, uh, and I definitely love that card. Uh, so, uh, I at least in part do. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. Hugo is chiming in. P color that depends on the day. That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> and What's uh, up, yeah, Don uh, didn't know the play balls associated with Bowman. Yes, it was actually the same company. And uh, the you know the founder for the whole company was Frank Bowman, and they then after the war uh, named it in honor of him. So, but uh, little Frank Bowman. All right, uh, let's uh, let's keep uh, going back in time. Mm -hmm. Let me take this off the screen. So uh, up next, we've kind of got the whole uh, Gaudi dominated era of the thirties yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead. No, go ahead. What uh, what uh, Gaudi cards did you bring to the equation that you were able to find? Oh, okay, for, yeah. Uh... So Gaudi in particular, um, I have a couple of Ga Gaudi. I have a couple of you know like the uh, flagship Gaudi, which is the thirty-three in my opinion. Uh, I think it is the flagship Gaudi, um, and then I have some. You know, there's some other Gaudis um, that are far from flagship that I have too. Um, so this card, uh, this is a Hack Wilson. I might have might have seen my video on this. And yeah, nobody's uh, uh, noticed anything about that one, do they? Yeah. Well, if you've seen any of my videos, you might have seen this one. I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, could have easily missed it. This is Hack Wilson. We know that uh, he was like, you know, he had a 59 home run season in the 30s. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, he was a very short guy. Um, but uh, and and pe some people speculate now that he had fetal alcohol syndrome. So interesting. Read up on that if, if you're interested. And then a little guy named uh, this guy, not 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 so great. Rogers Hornsby. Um, you know, I think he played, uh, you know, infield or something. And he hit, you know, hit like 400 a couple times and 40 plus home runs and one of the best ever. Is that all just? Like yeah. the highest no, score, I, second this baseman guy, of all time. I, I do feel like um, he is. I, I do feel like he's one. You know, like when you think of like the the um, the, the big guys of his day, right? I do think he 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 could get he could stand to get a little bit more recognition, name recognition, and credit. He's. I think he's pretty awesome. 
Oh yeah, in terms of performance, he's uh, should be inner circle. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be really up there. Um, all right. So, uh, so we have those. Those are Gaudis, but we're, that's thirty-three. I do have some uh, later thirty cards as well. Um, but I don't. But but I'll let you steer the ship, John. Okay. Well, yeah, I was uh, gonna. It was gonna be a lead-in to your more more favorite design. That's kind of uh, somewhat similar. So okay, yeah, it's okay. actually more of the bargain. Okay, but, yes, uh, yes, exactly. So particularly as we're looking at this card, right? As we look at this card and you see like the colors, like one of the yeah. things I like about this card is it looks like it could go along with this set too. They look like they're possibly from the same set, but this set is much, much more of a bargain. This is the Diamond Stars. Um, and here we have Earl Avril, who is a, you know, a, 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 I would say a very nice Hall of Famer, very nice career. Oh yeah. Um, I'll go through some some other um, Hall of Famers, and then we'll go through some bargains. Um, so this is, I guess you know, like relative. This was this is a Jimmy Fox one. So this card um, I got for a uh, hundred and seventy four dollars. Um, so you know, if you and it's got. Pretty nice eye appeal. So I think that, you know, to me, um, to get a card that might look nearly as well in, you know, say a Gaudi, which in my opinion, in for this particular card, in my opinion, just doesn't doesn't look as nice. I think this is like this is actually my favorite uh Jimmy Fox card. I think I heard Don say this recently. I I know I heard somebody say the same thing recently. Um but um well, this I, I was on uh, our very own channel, uh, James and Terry's uh, beautiful cards, their favorite card of each player. So, okay, yeah, 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 that's what it was. Um, and then, so I like this card so much, I got another one. Uh, but oh, wow. uh, <laughs> this card, this card, I do plan on on. I would like to trade this card. Um, I don't want to sell it. I want to trade it. Um, but I have this card, which um, was not less than twice as much. Um, and, and it just doesn't have, uh, it just, you know, when you in, in close and with at close inspection, you can just tell it's a, it's in better shape. Um, so I'll continue on this with, with this route here. I also have this guy. Uh, so this is my biggest card. I think in, in the set, uh, this is, uh, hard to come by in nice shape. I bought this card raw uh for about three hundred dollars um and then i uh got it graded and i got a 2.5 so uh and that's probably happy. the one card in that set that's probably doesn't fit the bargain relative to other sets and that's because he's card number one yeah i would say that is true and i'd also say the greenberg uh, card seems to, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the, I don't know how much he costs in other sets. All, all I know is that it seems, he seems pretty astronomical in this, in this set. He seems pretty hard to get a hold of. Jimmy Fox seems quite easier. Um, but, um, yeah. uh, now, now I'll just go through a couple of insane bargains from this set, which usually starts with, you know, them not being hall of famers. Uh, like, like we all know Fritz Ostermuller. Uh, this card, like, 
kind of looks pack fresh. Oh yeah. So um, how much for a mid grade, fairly high grade for that decade common card? This was $53. All this, all every price I'm giving is before uh, I looked it up on eBay and it's, so it's before tax, it's before tax and then before shipping. So it's, they're all a little bit more than what I'm saying, you know, all in. Sure. Um, but, um, and then we have one of my, this is one of my favorites here. Uh, Gus, sir, who had a, both of these guys had a pretty nice career. I'll say that this guy was represented in, um, the Jackie Robinson film as the player, the racist pitcher who threw at Jackie, his family okay. doesn't like, so that doesn't help him. His family, his family doesn't like, uh, the depiction and says it wasn't accurate. And there's some ways that it wasn't definitely wasn't accurate. Um, he was, you know, he, they had him as a wrong handed batter. Um, so there were some things that definitely weren't, uh, and so they, they said it was more of like a plot device that they, you, you know, use their dad as, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I don't know. So I don't know. I, I, I don't, I have no idea what, you know, the history sure. exactly on that, but that he, he, he might've gotten, you know, uh, there might've been a sale on that for that reason. Um, so th this Gus Sir, um, I love this card because this is one of the Diamond uh, Diamond Stars card that just makes me laugh because he's making a play at first. Guy's running, got about to run him over, and he's just smiling for the camera, and, and I love that. I think that's awesome. Now is that from an actual image? Like, is that a real oh, player can't. running at him? <laughs> I feel like I've no I. First of all, I have no idea, but this is not from an actual game. This is clearly, yeah. they have, there's a couple of cards where the players are way too happy in them. And I want to get all, I want to get all of them. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, I, so I'll let that, I'll let that stand for my Diamond Stars uh, cards. Um, well, you got a uh, fan from Don on that card, so. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that card is awesome. It's pretty irresistible. Um, all right, John, where are we going now in the, we're going to stay in the thirties. There's a set that, that, that comes to mind right after that one. But what did you have in mind? Um, well, well, what set did you have in mind? DeLong. Oh yeah. Not a bargain set in the slightest. Okay, but, so we, we we can skip around there. We don't have no, to but I mean, it. we can show you can show off your cards there just to let give people the idea of how much it's going to be. You know? Okay, so so uh, the one of the reasons why I think of DeLong is because it's you know it's 1933, um, so it's like a year before the Diamond Stars started, and it has a similar palette, although much more simplistic. I'll just show a I'll show a card, much more simplistic. Um, and, and every card has the same take on it. Do you want to full screen that? Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry to be one of those guys. Um, so no, I'm used to having a crew. Yeah. I'm used to having a crew as well, John. No, I'm just joking. Um, so, uh, this is, uh, one of the, uh, one of two landscape cards in this set. Uh, which is the one thing that distinguishes this a little bit from most of the other cards in the set, but they all have the same kind of guy in the middle of a, you know, baseball arena. Um, and in this case, he's sliding because Pepper Martin was a hustler and he, he played hard. 
Um, so this depicts him particularly well. And this is one of my favorite cards of all time. Um, one of them. Uh, and then I happen to have the other landscape card uh, here. Um, so this is the Lefty Grove. Uh, this is a one. It's in good shape. It has like a crease coming through here, I think. Is it this side? No, it's this side. There's like a little crease coming through here, but it doesn't really show up that well. Uh, it has a really good eye appeal. This was three hundred dollars. Nice card. Yeah. Quick uh, uh, trivia for the crowd out there: uh, Anybody have a guess of which set would have the highest graded population per card between thirty-eight Gaudi heads up, nineteen uh, the. Oh, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. 1933 DeLong or the 1939 Play Ball. So that was Gowdy Heads Up, DeLong, or Play Ball. Which one would have the highest population per card that's been graded? So I'll let the crowd decide. One thing I will say is um, so one thing that will can throw off a per card calculation is the amount of cards in the set like a, a, a set like um uh delong is a, is a small set where pretty much i feel like you can see in the set that pretty much any card was desirable to get graded um which brings those numbers up uh because it's a small set that's in high demand so even a common card people will want to get graded um so so if 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 you consider it being if you can if you just that's one thing that i feel like can throw off the equation if you want to think about the actual population of cards it could the, the answer to this question it could be misleading <laughs> sorry <laughs> well why do you think i threw it out there <laughs> makes it more fun that way right <laughs> <laughs> sorry to blow your cover <laughs> My answers uh, so far, Orlando guessing the 39 play ball and Hugo guessing the 39 play ball. And others peering in the stream. We've got Alan's card. Welcome. And Rudog 21. Good to see you guys. And the answer uh, as far as which one has the uh, most graded per card is that 33 DeLong set for probably yes. the reason Doug is stating. Yeah. Uh, it has uh, 214 cards graded per uh, per card. And uh, up next is uh, the 39 play ball with 196. And then 38 Gowdy heads up is 183 per card. So. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, it does seem to me that the DeLong cards are the hardest to come by. Because um, one thing is that, I, so like I, I mentioned that uh, this card I bought raw, uh, and I or maybe I didn't mention that, but I did. I bought this card raw uh, for about two hundred dollars, and it took me forever to find this card for that low of a price. And he's not even a Hall of Famer. And, and I should okay. say, it, it's it's in part because there aren't many listings of this card. It took me forever. Um. There might be like three listings now that are just way overpriced that have, and maybe one or two of them have been like up there for over a year. Um, so this just doesn't come up much. Oh yeah. 
And I mean, I've followed some auctions on those and it feels like the only way you're going to get one for even $200 or less is if you actually get a graded one. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Right. So the only way I was going to get that Pepper Martin is to buy it raw. Yeah. Well, even the raw sometimes, uh, if it looks decent, you're going to pay more than a, than a graded one. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yep. And I, this was at auction and, uh, I just, just, you know, I, I, I got it for like 200, which is not nothing, but it's for that card. It's, it's a, it's a reasonable price. Oh yeah. So, uh, Oh, we got some new folks in welcome, George concrete buddy and impact player. Sorry. I don't know your first name. Do you know his first name? No, but I saw Impact Player. Apparently, there's something coming up with Impact Player. As per Bowman Fifty Three, Alex, he said uh, he said uh, he alluded to something that we should anticipate about Impact Player. So I'm I'm anxious to to hear more about whatever that's about. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what what he was teasing there. <laughs> we so I watched the last live stream. So I, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a neighborly, you know. Well, sure. We got to support, uh, support the other collectors. I mean, exactly. Uh, exactly. You know, intentionally scheduled this at nine. So we wouldn't be, com you know, overlapping completely. So that's just the kind of nice guys that, that we are. John, it was John, John scheduled it, but I willed it. So, oh yeah. Uh, so he didn't oh, know Josh he is it. his name. Hi, Josh. All right. But, uh, all right. So, uh, so generally what I'm seeing though with uh, like the Gaudi set myself is that uh, like I, I got a common that's decent and that went for like mm -hmm. 30 bucks, but that's, that's you know, awesome. Um, that guy probably has your last name. Oh yeah. This is uh, <laughs> uh, Richard Kaufman on some of his cards. He is a uh, dick. Oh, uh, so. that's not nice, John. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the funny things with uh, my uh, namesakes, anyways, because this is yeah. Dick, and then this is Slick, as oh. far as nicknames go. Yeah. So <laughs> his younger brother George. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Slick Dick. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, this as far as then Hall and, of and, Famers, and so, you know, I got this yeah. uh, Gaudi for one hundred and eight, but you know, it's the min size. So people yep. uh, treat those like pariahs and I scoop them. So exactly. Or, uh, you know, the back damaged one of a hall of famer that, uh, awesome. got this one. What was it for? Uh, $41. So that's great. With the uh, scrapbook damage on the back. Mm -hmm. So, and then you know, Gaudi has Gaudi has like the name recognition, but you know, um, this. So I have a 1936 Gaudi uh, that looks, you know, maybe reminiscent, maybe of more of the 39 play ball. Um, so here oh, yeah. we have the Paul Paul Wayner. So this card, uh, I have this in my this card, Paul Wayner. Uh, it cost me under 50 bucks. Nice. Uh, and it's like, it actually, I don't know what's wrong with it. 
like it seems pretty perfect actually it is nice uh, when you can't even tell why it gets the grade yeah so uh so there they, and uh, like i think i've said there like there definitely are bargains to be had um especially on the uh lesser tier cards but you even with those it helps to be to cast a wide net and be patient which which takes a lot of work yeah so i mean as far as the two sort of sets that have real similar look uh, at least with the photo styles you know the 33 or 34 gaudi versus diamond yeah. stars you know what is your favorite between those two and the same uh, question to the audience what, what do you guys uh, like uh, gaudi's uh, or diamond stars i'll say it's a card by card basis it also has to like it also i mean the set lists i mean the, the checklist rather uh comes into play on those as well um i i you know like i love the gaudi roger like i love the gaudi rogers hornsby like that's what that's actually one of my favorite looking cards in the set um i would love to get um uh you know a lot of the other cards um but i i think the diamond stars generally the they pop more for me even though i, I think the gaudi cards are definitely more iconic um and i feel like iconic carries a lot of weight with baseball cards um so i i, I feel like visually i do think it's the diamond stars but because of the iconic factor um i would say you know if they cost the same i probably more frequently go with the gaudi yeah and i uh, that's the, that's the problem i'm seeing though in my observation is the gaudis generally go for quite a bit more mm -hmm. in the same grade so yeah you got your exception with the grove obviously with the bean card number one but uh, the Diamond Stars are a bargain in most cases. I mean, I, I've seen auctions for like a Bill Terry 2 that ended up slipping through the cracks and going for $15. Um, mm -hmm. Exactly. And you'd never see that on a, a Gaudi card. So mm -hmm. uh, th there's just so many more eyes on it, even though the population is even uh, quite a bit higher. So yeah. And I, and I would say there, there, there are a handful of Gaudi cards. Like I like the, you know, the Garinger I think is amazing looking and there's really a premium on that. Um, the Mel Ots, both of the Mel Ots. Um, and, and then, and I feel like with the, the diamond stars, the cards are more similar. Um, and there's fewer cards. I think that I really strongly love. Um, but on the average card in the diamond star set, I definitely like more than the average card in the Gaudi set. And I think there's more detail in the Diamond Star set. The Gaudi set um, is a little bit, I feel like, uh, uh, lacking lacking detail. Even for the, you know, like, the, like I'd love to, uh, clearly I'd love to have the Lou Gehrig card. I'd love, if I could have a Lou Gehrig card, that, that might be the one I'd want. Uh, maybe it would be the, maybe it would be the DeLong. Um, but um, it's not the, it doesn't look, if it wasn't Lou Gehrig, it wouldn't look that great. In, in, yeah. I mean, you, we've been trained to think it looks great because we know who it is. Uh, I, I, I feel like, uh, but, um, and I'd love to have the card. Don't get me wrong. Well, speaking of Ruth and Gehrig, I, I honestly think the Diamond Stars, that's one of the big reasons it suffers in popularity is because it lacks either one of those guys. Uh, 
Right. So. Um, and I, it, I, I, ne I never like, uh, I, I know the, well, I'm not, I shouldn't even say it. this is like sacrilege. I like the Garrig more than the Ruth in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, Gaudi. Um, even though there were, even though I sort of just contradicted myself, but I think it's because I, I, I feel like, um, the Garrig is, uh, is, is sort of like the prime of his, of his career. Um, and the, and maybe the, the, the Ruth is more, uh, I, it just seems less, um, meaningful to his career. Oh yeah. At that point he was in, de you know, significant decline. So mm -hmm. that is appropriate to me. Uh, and honestly, as far as the graded population goes, the, that 33 Gaudi Lou Gehrig is the most graded card of the entire decade of the thirties. Wow. Uh, just beating the uh, the standing pose Ruth by uh, mm -hmm. ninety cards at this point twenty three forty seven to twenty two fifty seven. There so, are like four Ruth cards to choose from, though, right? Oh yeah, you, you combine them all. I mean, there's obviously yeah. more Ruth cards in the thirty three. Yeah, but uh, you know, for any one particular card, and even the fact that that uh, that Babe Ruth card is uh, printed supposedly in more quantities than at least the card number one forty four. So, yeah. Um, but while uh, while we're talking about cards that pop and cards on a budget, um, this is uh, a cutout Wheaties card from from Wheaties, Archie Vaughn, if you, uh, and this Ruth pops. I mean, this is just like kind of amazing to look at and by the way there's a Lou Gehrig from from the 1936 Wheaties that um if you want to count that as a card would be would be probably my favorite uh card of his oh yeah um, well any of these oversized items I mean that's a whole nother category of bargains so yeah I would I would love to get the Lou Gehrig uh of this it would it would, it would it, it, if I got that it might be you know my most prize card position that would probably be my most valuable anyway well how much was the archie vaughn that you, you picked up there um 50 bucks all right because i imagine the gear it probably still goes for a few hundred at least uh, no more, i mean it's in the thousands i'd say oh unless, really unless, in, unless unless you really get a deal on it okay. yeah yeah i mean if it's in shape anything like this which isn't this is in really nice shape uh, it'll be over a thousand for sure. Okay. Ouch. Yeah, because I, I mean, I know Ruth. The the path to things without a comma for him it lies mostly with oversized uh, cards. You know, mm -hmm. of course, the Sonella being the famous one, but right, right. Um, but like, oh, I mean, I don't know what uh, Matt spent for it, but I've got. Uh, oversized item that he gifted me which i assume is not too expensive with this uh national chico 1936 issue so mm -hmm. so those are nice yep. looking big big portrait here pie trainer so yeah and that's uh that's what this guy is same same set oh, uh nice. this is uh the Ch chicago series and I think it. I, I looked into it, and I think it depicts. Um, it depicts Woody English and Luke Seawall. So he's the the sea, the Seawall, the lesser Seawall. I don't know if they're brothers, or Sewell. 
Oh, there's two souls. This is Luke. Oh yeah, Luke is uh, Joe's brother that I yeah. showed previously in the Gaudi card. Uh, yeah, and they're non-Hall both of Famer. So yeah, they're both catchers. So. Unlike the Wainers, where they, they yes, both made yes. the Hall of Fame. Yes. But, uh, so, Welcome, uh, VVV, saying I picked up the Fox Wheaties for 30 bucks, but I stole it in auction. That is a, a steal there of a price. Yeah, seriously. That's amazing. Congrats. What a card. And look, uh, George has a comment here. I went to my LCS and gave me the same Wheaties Vaughn for free because it wasn't selling. Whoa. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. I mean, bad news for me, but that's awesome that, for you. That's the best price, uh, <laughs> best price yet. That's yes, the ultimate in bargain free. hunting. Yeah. Congrats, George. All right. Uh, what did you miss? Uh, everything, Dylan. Hmm? Talked about uh, how much I hate rookie cards again, right? Yes. Yes. He's just been. He's just been bashing rookie cards this whole time, Dylan. I'm trying to keep him in check, but I just can't. I need help. This is an intervention. I didn't tell John. Okay. Yeah. But uh, anything else uh, for the the 1930s here, Doug? Uh, Yeah, I'll go through a couple real quick. Um, Here we have, uh, this is a Chickle Premium of Dizzy Dean. Nice. Uh, and this you would get for returning, I think, 10 or 15 Diamond Stars wrappers. And then you could get a premium card. Yeah. I, I, I love love that image. Um, and then uh, along with great pictures from that error and great images, um, here we have the Carl Hubble. And this is the Batter Up, which is also from the Chickle Company, at, same as the Diamond Stars. And this had a 1934 to 1936 run, just like the Diamond Stars. Oh yeah, those are those are a good bargain where you can get decent grades for yeah. uh, not too bad with Hall of Famers. I got this card. If I have it here, let's see. Um, about I think about a hundred bucks. Uh, and I, for I a four point five with a yeah Hall about a hundred bucks it? at, at I mean, auction. Yeah, that's I, I see these priced for like three fifty, but at auction I got it for hundred. Oh yeah, auction's always the always the uh, the bargain. Yeah, yeah. Versus those buy it nows. Another another. I think before I, before we leave the thirties, I'd say I just want to show this one as maybe my one of my more rare pre war cards is uh, is this uh, Tris Speaker. Uh, it's not playing days. And it depicts uh, a, 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 an image that was shown in a 1915 Cuban Susini card uh, of Tris Speaker, but it just—it's just so—it's just, so, just so cool. It's a British card about baseball, sports around the world, depicting American sports. Um, cool. And I uh, just just love that image, and it is Tris Speaker. Does it say 34 on that one? Yeah, 1934 R&J Hill Limited. All right. Only missed his career by six years. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, pe- people go crazy for that uh, Leaf Babe Ruth card, right? It's like Mark Coyle has uh, that speaker card, as does uh, Orlando. So, 
Ooh, I guess it's not that rare. <laughs> no, no, I think I, I think we just have a couple super collectors here. Well, that is a hard one. Do. That's that's a hard one to get. And Brian likes it, and VVV likes the speaker. Apparently, he's in Winters, Texas. Nice. All right. Uh, anyone else new to the chat? I'm not seeing it yet. Uh, oh, Stukes just arrived. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Better late than never. All right. Are we uh, stepping now into the 20s? Uh, yep, yep. And the 20s are way less represented in my collection. Uh, so this can be uh, as quick as you want it to be. Um, so uh, I will start with uh, going on the theme of uh, sports around the world here. I do love those cards, sports around the world. So this is a, a 1925 turf cigarettes. Uh, let me just get this right. Uh, oh, apparently uh, Tris Speaker was born in Winters, Texas. And uh, is that whoa. where you are as well, VVV? Um. So this is a George Sisler, or at least it talks about him in the back. Uh, so it's a turf cigarettes, sports around the world card. Nice. From uh, 1925. And then Mr. I have a single uh, season hits leader until each row. Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, actually, I'm a little out of order here. So I, my other two cards from the 20s are, are uh, scrap cards. Um, strip cards, rather. Um, Al Simmons. That's the 28565, isn't it? Uh, that's a 565. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the auction for one recently. Um, and I... I think that I paid like 50 bucks for that around 50 bucks. Um, and then, and then this one is the uh, Frank Frisch, Frankie Frisch. I really like this card, but this one should have a border, a, a more defined border around it. And I actually think it looks nicer with the more defined border, but mm -hmm. I, I like this image to me. It reminds me a little bit of like the Manko Japanese cards. Sure. But you gotta like the bargain you get with the min size. Yeah, exactly. But the, yeah, this is min. The, yeah, I do like the bargain I get with the min size, but I do like the card cut a little. Most of the cards I don't care. Uh, visually, it doesn't matter. Uh, but this card, it does a little bit. It looks a little nicer when it's cut correctly. All right. So that, that's it. I'm 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 done with my twenties cards. All right. Yeah, I can share a few of my strip cards uh, while I'm here. Got them here. So I've got the uh, 26 W512 Rogers Hornsby in a lovely, authentic min size, which made that one for that guy that's uh, kind of an inner circle performer, $157 for that one. Nice. Uh, a 1921 W551, which... Uh, that's great. 
Yeah, I love that one with the blue and the clouds in the background. So I got this one at auction for 200 which he is another one of those guys that is really an inner circle performer. Many people think he is the best uh, pre-war center fielder. And uh, speaking of center fielders, then I've got this guy here, 1921. Uh, Eddie Roush was the center fielder for the Reds when they uh, won that World Series in 1919. And he spent the rest of his life feeling bitter that his team uh, was not really recognized as being the best team that year because he thought they would have won it anyways. That's it. I love the colors on that card. Thank really you. Nice. My last uh, strip card example is my big one, the Walter Johnson from the yeah. uh, 1919 to 21. Uh, this is W55, no, 514 on this one. Yeah. Sweet. That's great. This one is one of the biggest uh, strip card sets of that whole era with the most number of players. Uh, and with it being authentic, I was able to get this one in auction for uh, $229. Once again, avoiding these. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is my goal every time, <laughs> wherever it's absolutely possible. I mean, I yeah. know with my whole goal of collecting every Hall of Famer, I'm not going to be able to avoid that level of pricing forever. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to hold out as long as I possibly can. Yeah, I think that's, I, th I think it's so far so good. But, uh, you know, just to clue you in, folks, as far as, you know, the era of the 20s, the the more popular cards in that era are actually than the ones that are the photo types. This is a, a blank back strip card version that matches the uh, American Caramel set from the uh, I'm blanking right now. This one's a W573, but the set that it mimics is the uh, 22- E120 American Caramel set, which has a very popular and expensive Babe Ruth card that uh, I think Mr. Orlando that's in the chat owns <laughs> versus this uh, this one, the strip card version, uh, still cost me $100, uh, you know, with it being a photo variety, whereas these ones that are the strip cards, kind of simple art, uh, you know, the lesser Hall of Famers, like a Max Carey, who is a uh, outfielder for the Pirates. Uh, you know, the like Eddie Roush, who's a lower tier Hall of Famer and a strip card cost me uh, $71 for uh, authentic men's size. So, um, you know, the, it bumps up a tier, but it, when you go for the actual name Hall of Famers, like a Tris Speaker type of guy, I'm not seeing anything that goes for less than $400, even with an authentic uh, 
grade when you have those photo type mm -hmm. um, cards. So, you know, especially when it's the pre-cut ones like the uh, American Caramels. Um, yeah, where the, the card is still shaped regularly. You know, you get a discount when, especially when it's an authentic, when it's kind of misshapen, a little bit like this one is. But, yeah. So, uh, so where do your, uh, your collecting go from here, Doug, going back in time? Yeah, so I, I miss a lot of the teens. Um, and then I pick up, I think I pick up um, in 1913 with the Lajue game card. And I know that I know that you represent this fellow really well. <laughs> yep, clubbies. And I know you have you have the red version as well. I um, don't anymore. Remember? <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> that was uh, um, the giveaway. Okay. Right. 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 Okay. So um, this uh, card uh, cost me eighty nine dollars. And mind you, this is one of those cards where I was like so excited i thought like i like so, so, like it was an error i thought there was a mistake and i and i and i wasn't even that familiar with it but the more familiar i got with it the more i realized that this is this is this is what you can get the card for um yeah and if you buy it raw and get it graded you can do you can do much better than this is which which what john did um but this yeah, this is lucky. just this is just a very affordable card. This wasn't me being patient. I thought I thought I got was really lucky when I got this. So one of those like, oh my gosh, she's Matt Lajway playing days. Oh yeah, <laughs> go I'm go go. Anything bye, bye, bye. that's a pre graded, <laughs> that's not a high grade in that, you know, anything like even a three to a six, generally sells for somewhere between seventy five to hundred bucks. It, and they're like, very, I got really lucky in mine getting it raw for 80 and grading. Mm -hmm. So, um, and yeah. generally that's probably the way almost you, you should go, you know, you have the chance for it to spring higher. So, mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, these cards were not, you know, these were part of the Parker brothers game that came out in 1913. And so they were generally kept inside of the game box, which means they weren't really damaged that badly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, yes. A lot of them are, are in good shape and they're rounded. And the rounded cards tend to grade better over time because they don't have the corner issues. Oh yeah. And they even have a little bit of the waxy finish. I mean, mm -hmm. I know you wouldn't know that because you bought yours graded, but, uh, it, hey. it has <laughs> it, it has the playing card feel, which to me feels like it's not going to get damaged as easily as just straight mm -hmm. up bare cardboard, especially how thin most of the issues were from that that far back. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, we do have a question. We also got uh, Rick Vintage Oddball in the chat. Welcome, you guys are talking my language. Thanks. Nice. Uh, hey, George is asking, is there a difference between the red and gray Lajoy? Well, this is actually called the blue that Doug and I both have. And the only difference between the, the, uh, the tint is a, a reddish ink for the other version. Yeah. Uh, that to me felt visually harsh. So that's why I opted to keep the blue and give away yeah. the red one. But 
Yeah, I like the, I, I like the the blue a lot more with with this uh, these cards, um, but um, they're 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 it's it's very affordable whether you get the red or the blue. I think the red might be even even maybe tiny bit more affordable, but it's comparable. Yeah, and uh, Jen, like I, I was able to get my red also raw. I think for sixty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I had no I deal looking at them how they were going to grade you know the the red one graded a five and the blue an eight so uh but you know they both looked equally uh, pretty nice to me but yeah. uh that's a sweet giveaway card every card is nap might be the least expensive hall of flame playing day card you can get oh, absolutely yeah, of that sure. decade that's ama- Nothing it's amazing comes close i that's mean it's like that is like bang for your buck. Just more than, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want a plain day card of any Hall of Famer in the 1910s decade, this is yeah. the cheapest option. There's and, nothing and that comes big close. time. Big time guy. Oh, yeah. He was so good they named the team after him. Yes, yeah, so. exactly. The team was so bad they named the team after him. <laughs> yeah, you can phrase it that way, too. <laughs> <laughs> they were so bad. They got one good player, and bam, like, all right, it's yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, you know, like it, it, I, we all remember the Yankees and the aughts, or or as they were often on the Jeters, you know. Yeah. So that is John. Do, do you have the drum roll or? Oh, what's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought that last joke should get a drum roll. Uh, oh, sorry. I don't have that on, on hand, okay. ready for me. For I you, thought so. Theo was in the back, like sitting on a drum set no. oh no uh i mean the whole reason i i'm uh foisted into hosting uh, no, this I'm, week is because no one else could make it so I'm, I'm, we had I'm, to keep, I'm, keep the channel alive here i'm so. being silly okay so i'll go to um 1911 um this is the t201 mecca cigarettes uh lajue nice and I do love this card. Visually, this is my uh, favorite card from the set. So again, uh, we're going the, to oversized being more of a bargain. So what what is a uh, VG3 cost of one of those of Lajoy? Uh Let's see if I can find it. It's I think it was 280 something like that. It's such a cool image, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of looks like you threw up the ball to hit it to the yeah, infielders exactly. like they're doing exactly. infield practice. I have the price, uh, but but I'm not I'm not finding. I have a sheet with all my prices, but I'm not finding it because I have too many <laughs> too many cards listed on it. But it was under three hundred dollars for sure. Oh yeah, which for something that old, plain days, uh, you yeah. know, any of his tobacco versions that uh, you can't even come close. Yeah, to get in the card for two hundred eighty. To me, it looks it 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 looks like like a substantial card, and not not like every card from that set looks like look, looks that great. You can't always tell, uh, but th- there's something about this card that just is like very visually appealing. Um, so uh, I'll go from that to a card that I've shown quite a bit. This is T two hundred seven. Jack Barry. Oh, the ballet pose there, huh? Yeah. So he was, he had the, 
privilege of being uh, part of a very good Philadelphia Athletics and Boston Red Sox teams in succession and won and he won five five World Series titles um, and um, then he went to world he started managing with Boston uh, then he went to World War one and and when he got back his managing career uh, was gone so he played for a short period after that and then became the most um, successful coach by winning percentage in baseball at Sacred Heart. Uh, He's in the Collegiate Hall of Fame for coaches. Nice. Jack Bauer. Uh, looks like you had some fans on the last card, too. If uh, Dylan liked your last card there with the Mecca cigarettes as well as well, uh, Dylan has a super nice version of that card. <laughs> <laughs> I'd expect him to. <laughs> and then Dylan also likes your uh, Barry card there. So Yes, I know D Dylan has been has – been, has been saying he's been wanting that card for a while. Um, but, um, okay, so from that, we'll go to we'll go to uh, T206. And Henry S. hopes to add another pre-war card one of these days. Why not cool. today? This was my first pre-war card pickup. Uh, Miller Huggins, authentic. Oh. And those are the, the – this, this is – this was a little under a hundred bucks. Nice. And the T206, it's really, that's, uh... really vibrant. Um, and this image, uh, for some reason, it was an image I was familiar with as a kid from looking at like the Beckett books. Um, so it, it was something I saw. Is there anything obvious of why it's authentic? Uh, no, no, nothing huh. obvious. I'm not, yeah, nothing obvious. It's, um, and then we have um, Rue Boidel throwing. And this this is pretty iconic for me because I, there was a Hardy's card I had as a kid that had the original image of this pose. So this is another card that um, is, is special to me for the image. It is a nice one. I mean, it, it it's definitely not fitting into the bargain category, but there's so few cards of his to choose from. You're right. You're right. Um, this card uh, was over 300. Not by much, but it was. And then... Which uh, maybe have... to some people that's a bargain, right? Yeah, I mean, for that era, for, you know, um, maybe. I mean, it's not like, you know... There, there are more T206 cards than a lot of pre-war cards in population, but not relative to like 1950s cards. You know, oh, um, yeah. there's still like under a thousand of these graded, you know. Um, so it's, uh, I, I believe that's true. There's oh, a, yeah. But, for for uh, pre-war, the T206 are the most plentiful in quantity in existence, but... Yeah, compared to anything post-war, pre-war right. is scarce. So right, right. So if you have anything that's iconic from T two hundred six, that's that's well, that's you know a hard, not not easy to get. Let me clarify: um, standard sets in, in post-war. <laughs> so yes, 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 yes. Um, and here we have Addy Joss. Ah, oh, that's another was, guy that's tough without very many cards to choose from. Yep, 
and he uh, he played only nine years, and there's a ten year requirement for Hall of Famers. In uh, the the committee that voted him in, made it uh, voted to make an exception to that rule to to get him in. Um, it, it was well past his, you know, many, many, many decades later. I think it might have even been the seventies. Um, but he he was a dominant pitcher of the nineteen aughts, uh, but only nine year career. Nice. And he died of illness, just like acute illness. All right, we got some more comments in here. Uh, Orlando, love the colors on your card there. I'm not sure which one that was. There's all of them look great. Doug. Okay, and and I should say but, that, uh, that that card was around three hundred dollars. It was a little over. Okay, and now Henry S is on eBay now. He said he should pick up a pre-war card, and I guess he is going for it now. So good call there, Henry. Uh, welcome, Hammer Forty Four. Uh, RJ, Father Son Vintage Cards, welcome. Hey, my neighbor here in uh, Beaverton, we got Rob Oregon too, who recently found me. Nice. Welcome to the show. Uh, Rick's got a good suggestion. I am looking at these cards myself. We're talking the Tom Barker Polo Grounds and national game cards uh nice i'm definitely got my eye on those to fill out a few of those names because cool yeah the, those guys that uh it's hard to avoid commas on that's that's really the cheapest option potentially but uh, a problem of what i'm seeing is so many of these game cards have high grades they still go for high amounts so it's actually hard to find the low grade ones mm -hmm. that can be a, a lot cheaper than versus, you know, the more iconic sets. So, but I, I definitely has my, have my eyes open for those ones, Rick. Uh, then we got a sweet lefty rookie pickup. Uh, which one was that about? Oh. Is that the hmm? Maybe is that left? Is that the Waddell? Sure. Is that considered as rookie? I don't know. Uh, you know what? It, yeah, well, I know there's a game card, uh, from like the 1904, 1905. There's a there's there's are playing cards, but I get that I, that probably wouldn't count. Um, I, I mean, don't a lot know of people if, don't really talk rookies too much in pre-war <laughs> that yeah, heavily. Yeah. I'm not because too sometimes it's so rare, like the issue, their first card ever issued. Yeah, and then some series printed for a couple years, and you just—it's hard to say exactly when when it started and stopped. Yeah. And we got comment. Uh, okay, uh, fan craze, Mark. Fan craze. That was that was what I, that was that was the card I was thinking about with Rue Waddell. There's a fan oh yeah, those are nineteen oh four. Is that what yeah, those like, ones are? That's, yeah. I, thought, I was thinking nineteen oh four, nineteen oh five. I think it's nineteen oh four, which is really cool. It's like a really nice portrait of Rubadell. Oh yeah, those ones aren't nearly as cheap as the Tom Barker Polo Brown National Game mm -hmm. cards a decade later. Right, right. <laughs> those right, ones are right. still. Those are, those, are very, those are expensive. Yeah, yeah, those ones have a hefty price tag, but you can get really nice looking photos on those ones. So yeah, yeah. 
All right. Okay. So if we're good, I'm ready to jump into T205. Oh, yeah. Um, and I yeah, will much, start. Much better bargain than most T206s, despite the much yeah. lower population count. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, uh, this is a card that I was looking for uh, a nice front. This is Chief Bender. And I think that I accomplished that. Nice. The, yeah. Those American League ones are so much cooler with the extra detail. <laughs> so I, I, so I think there's differences. You can, you can ask the audience about that. But um, I agree that this is awesome. Uh, but I don't know that I agree that I prefer it. So this is this is why I got a one. It has yeah. some stuff on the back. But Which it's is exactly where leg- you want the stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's perfectly legible. I can actually read every word of the back. It's actually not bad. And I've seen cards that are graded higher that have that seem to have similar backs and not yeah. as nice fronts. So whatever, uh, you know, the grade. That's this is a one. I'll take it all day. Uh, oh, yeah. So my second my second card, which is the National League uh, version, this is pretty sweet. I mean, this Mordecai Brown probably is my favorite looking of the three. And this is so I do love this card. I love this card. <laughs> And I and I do like the detail in it, but I love. I think I prefer this card. Um, and we, uh, yeah. So so um, I wonder what the what the if if, uh, if the if the audience or if the uh, people online on the live if they have a preference between the American League or the National League in the T two hundred five. Oh, we've got Orlando saying he likes the T two hundred five better than the T two hundred six. Yeah, I, I I think it's kind of I think it's kind of similar to me as the diamonds as the um, diamond stars Gaudi argument. Um, I think that these pop more. This is now this is a Trish speaker, um, so uh, got me, got me. Yeah. So this is like the more the more I zoom in, the nicer it gets <laughs> because the quality of the card is pretty nice, but the border's a little messed up. And it's a it's a it's a one, um, yeah. But the the car doesn't have any creases. It's in like perfect shape uh, with the color. Uh, it just has some border problems. Sure. And and it, and it's a car design that shows border problems <laughs> quite a lot. The back. Oh is, yeah, with the shiny the gold. The back is very nice. I actually think that this should be a higher grade, um, because it, technically, I think it should be a higher grade. Even and visually, definitely. It's just that if you ha- you sort of like have to take the borders out to tell it's like <laughs> really good shape. <laughs> but come um, on, now, the higher grade would have made it uh, cost way more. So, so oh oh yeah, there's a reason why I was able to get this card. Exactly. Um, yeah. So this card was uh, under three hundred. Nice. Um, and I think that like the registration. And the image is like pretty, pretty much as close as good as you could get, pretty much. Um, so I um, mean, my, myself, I haven't picked one up yet, but you know, I like the American League extra put they put on there versus the National League, just the plain color. Yeah. So, oh, I, I the point I was going to make is that um, the Diamond Stars pops more, kind of like the T two hundred six, T two hundred five rather pops more. Um, but the T206 is more iconic, 
kind of like the Gaudi is more iconic. Sure. Um, and then on a card per card basis, you can have your preferences. I think that there's some some particularly nice portraits. Like for for instance, I I love this uh, Bender card, uh, but uh, I would prefer to have the T two O six portrait. Um, that's the card I really wanted. I just didn't didn't wasn't able to get it. Yeah, the portraits are the more expensive of the T two O sixes, even so. Right, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes I I I I, I like, uh, you know, like for, like with the nap. Uh, sorry, with the um, Rue Baudel when I because this is an image I was familiar with. Yeah. I liked this image. I didn't. It. I still love the portrait, and I do agree that the portraits are. Well, I, I shouldn't say that I agree that they're nicer. I might have trained my eye uh, to appreciate them more because i know that they're more valued i don't know which came first to be honest um but i but there are some portraits that i think are particularly nice and one of them is the uh is is the, is the chief vendor yeah and i mean i i haven't looked specifically at a speaker but like the what i have followed for t206 versus t205 is portrait T206s are almost like a 2x price of a, a T205, whereas uh, yeah, then the uh, the action T206s are uh, you, 20 to 25 percent lower than the portrait cost. You know, when when this card was on sale, um, it was it was selling at the exact same time as an action shot for Addy Joss that was yeah. uh, graded a three. But didn't look didn't look even close to as nice uh, as this, um, and I think because they they went off at the same time, the three got the three went for like ten percent more than the one point five, uh, which which is what I ended up getting. Uh, but I feel like the three uh, worked in my favor for being like a, okay. I don't know if that well, looks like uh any rob does like the american league uh extra graphic elements okay uh hammer 44 feels out of his league with pre-war but loves the color schemes you know you just need to watch enough of these programs i'm doing on pre-war hammer and then it won't feel so daunting anymore you know i, I i'm I'm kind of obsessed with pre-war lately, so that's where uh, a lot of my show focuses end up being. So it's not as scary as you have to be if you stick to a few major sets, at least. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny. I, I was I was listening to the podcast before this, where Alex was talking about uh, Bowman Fifty Three was talking about modern cards and how he how he feels like it's just a bit overwhelming. Uh, and I think you know, with that, there's also the you know manufactured scarcity. But with all of these things, it's just, you know, you slowly inch into it. And then oh, yeah. as you as you learn more, it's it sort of gains momentum. It, as you learn more, it gets easier to learn more until you until you find yourself kind of comfortable. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of you folks miss the beginning uh, as I see the uh, population count of the stream going higher. Uh, we did start out with uh, the early, you know, the not quite as old pre-war which mm -hmm. can get, even get pretty darn cheap. There's options for even less than 50 bucks of Hall of Famers out there, you know, at least in low grade. So it, it's not even as financially daunting as uh, a lot yep. of people think. So, And so, and the, this is an example of a $40 1906 card here. It's 
postcard. And uh, I, before I bought this, I, I did a little research on this. This player here, uh, there was a net 54 post that they posted the picture that this was, uh, uh, that this uh, rendering was based on. And that's Frank Chance. So that's a Hall of Famer, you know, from Tinkers to Everest to Chance. Is that, is um, that like embossed or? What, it what is, is embossed. It's actually okay. embossed. You can see. Oh, that is back. cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is a three. I bought this for 40 bucks. Raw. I bought it raw. And then I yeah. got it graded. Nice. But Which that's, sure, you know, it's a real card still fits in their standard pricing if anyone's not aware as far as. Uh, as far as uh, uh, SGC, SGC, right? yeah, yep. Um, so, 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 I I think that for the, you can just sometimes you luck into the bargains, but I think you know if you're looking around and reading. So, like for this, I was like, oh, what are these postcard cards? <laughs> then I looked yeah. up on prewar prewarcards.com, saw that Frank Chance was depicted in that card, and it was there was a raw card at auction. I was like, ooh. <laughs> this is really cheap if I could get this for under 50 bucks. Um, so, um, you know, uh, that those types of situations arise in different formats or whatever. Um, I'm sure that if you're, if you, if you pay enough attention, uh, and you're into it enough, you'll find it. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, anything that's kind of a oversized doesn't fit in your standard card case. There's all kinds of bargains on that front. So, um, yeah, yeah. And it, it helps when there's a hall of famer that isn't, uh, noted or widely known in the picture. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. I <laughs> uh, got some comments to catch up on. I got my speaker T206, T205 and T207 over 12 plus years ago. Don't even want to say what I pay. That is. Oh yes, you do. <laughs> Congratulations, Mark. Uh, oh yes, you do. <laughs> you you no, got to no, jump on this well uh, post-COVID, well yeah. uh, you know, pre-war collectors. Yeah. So. Yeah, you 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 got us. You got us beat there. I'm sure. And Hammer has got. I have exactly one pre-war card. You know, anytime uh, you can keep adding to that. You know. There's all kinds of options yeah. here. Uh, we've got a recommendation of a book about Charles. Uh, is that uh, referring to Charles Chief Bender there? Okay. Oh, yeah, down here, Charles Bender. Yeah, Charles Bender. I probably should be referring to him as Charles Bender. Yeah, that would be uh, the more, uh, more proper, polite and proper title for him or name for him. So, okay. Uh, well, Looks like uh, Robert uh, has got some more pre-war collecting to do as well. Uh, what do we say? Orlando, great advice worth looking to pre-war. Of course it is. There, there's all kinds of gorgeous cards that are out there and all these legends of baseball that uh, people have forgotten. So, and George agrees with the uh, postcards uh, being neat collectibles. So uh, thanks, yeah. George. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a, there's a, there's a, like five, six, maybe six postcards from that set. Um, that those are also as far as they're either very rare or people just don't get them graded. Um, I believe that this was the first ever uh, of its kind submitted to SGC. 
So this is, uh, uh, I think PSA might have like 20 or, or maybe they have 12 or something like that, but SGC hadn't had it, hadn't gotten one yet. Okay. Oh, uh, Scott's come in with a comment. I've have uh, 29 to 34 in one exhibit with three hall of famers on one card, Fox Grove and Cochran. Nice. Yes. The multiplayer cards are also big bargains. So yeah, uh, we didn't touch on it. Like the 41 double plays are pretty darn cheap. Uh, the 35 Gaudi four and ones are cheap as far as actually fitting in a standard slab. And then, of course, you double it with it being oversized on top of that. Then it's uh, going to be uh, some mm -hmm. good bargains out there. Yeah. Uh, at the risk of showing multiple, let me talk pre-war. This is referring to World War II, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. So generally, like, yeah. So, I I mean, I, I don't know if, if, if you pick a year, but I usually think it's, like, I guess it's, it's easy to say 1941 and before because there aren't really any sets uh, after after play ball in 1941, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a, if you have the world view of things, some people might say it's 1939 and before, but uh, right, you know, we're, we're all U.S. centric here, so uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, November seventh or December seventh, 1941, a day in which we we'll live in infamy, you know, yeah. um, but um, yeah. So 1941 and earlier is what we're we're looking at here. So no, no worries, Robert. So uh, this would be, uh, yeah, World War II is that dividing line for uh, vintage baseball. Yeah, and it's so. convenient because there's a desert of cards uh, after that. Oh, yeah. I mean, in 43, they issued those really kind of funky looking S&S cards that aren't very appealing because they don't really look like the players at all but there's right, really kind of right. a dearth yeah. of issues between 41 to then uh what 47 yeah. yeah so they have like the same they have like multiple players with the same like face stamp you know like a, yeah oh yeah there's even a joe dimaggio yeah. card in that 43 set um wait i'm saying yeah. the wrong thing did i say sns you did. That's the that's the thirty six game cards I'm thinking of there. Uh, Forty three is uh, what the hell are those are called? Somebody knows in the know. chat. I know exactly what you mean. I <laughs> yeah, can, I can see it in my head, but I don't know what it's called. I know there's uh, other letters, and I'm saying the wrong ones right now. Yeah, it's a color. But, uh, it's a color. It's a. It's got a. It's colorful. It's very simple. And very, oh yeah, there's very, a very lot few, of like red, red white in and the features of the people. Yeah, on them. Yeah, very simplistic drawings that uh, Scott Ranger Studios could probably replicate in 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no player bears any resemblance. Oh, yeah, M and C, uh, Mark Coyle came came out with it. Or M, P, nice. and C. M, P, and C. Yeah. And then we've got a comment from Scott about exhibits printed through the 40s without missing a yeah. year. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. What, but those like those exhibits have ranges, right? They're like 1936 to 19, I'm guessing, 1943 or 1944 or 40. I don't remember what the range is. But I never. Yeah, I I, I don't know a lot on those either. Yeah. At this point, I haven't developed a real strong affection for the oversized issues. So. 
there's a real deal on like getting a Joe DiMaggio and a Greenberg uh, in those exhibits. Um, well, I have been looking at a DiMaggio uh, in the in the exhibits from that from that series from from that range. Yeah, you can get one. You I you could get one raw for under hundred. And uh, oh, the we got another suggestion from Rick here with uh, S seventy four B eighteen silks can be found for a good price. Are those oh yeah, are the ones that look like the T two hundred fives. Then Is exactly, that... they look yeah. like the, they look like the T two hundred fives. Yeah, I I followed an auction for one of those, and I was amazed at how cheap those go for. Because you know, it feels like the T two hundred fives are cheap compared to most T two hundred six. Right. But then the silk, that's a whole nother level of inexpensive yeah. and. Yeah, so. but you still like like you know the Christy Matthewson, which is probably like the premier. I may probably is like the premier card of the T two O fives. I think. Uh, yeah. At least at least it, it is seared into my brain. Um, and you look at the silks of that, and those those don't go for cheap. Although definitely cheaper than the T two O six, but you're still gonna you know spend it spend a premium. All right, I think my phone is almost going to die, which I'm using for my camera, and I need right. to log it in, but I might lose the audio for a second. It's unacceptable, uh, John. Can you still hear me? I can hear you. All right. But, but this is not what I sign on for, John. This is not the production value. That I yeah, <laughs> I know. It, uh, my microphone plugs into the phone, and then I can't Guys, charge it at the same time. John's so. having a moment. <laughs> No, uh, so, uh, totally kidding. Um, okay, so I have I have two, exactly uh, three cards from the 19th century. All right, one second. I, I got a few more questions to catch up on. I got uh, Hammer44 saying, John, what's your favorite pre-war card? As far as the ones I own now... Uh, I I really have fallen in love with that Walter Johnson I picked up because, you know, part of it is the emotional aspect of I own a, you know, playing days Walter Johnson. And, you know, I, I love the, the pink and the style of the strip card there, but uh, I, I do have something I have not revealed publicly yet that I could say is that I have stopped buying cards right now because I am saving my money for a major purchase. Um, I uh, recently it's the, it's the Billy Ripken FF card rolling in auction sites so that I could track the pricing of uh, big cards and. The one that is my dream purchase that I might make after a year of saving hobby money is that one right there. Maybe uh, full screen it. Is the uh, 1920 W519 unnumbered Babe Ruth. Currently uh, for auction in memory lanes and appears to be going for somewhere around 2K. So. Sweet. That's nice. Can you hear me okay, John? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm looking so, at on my little iPhone, so I couldn't see it that well, but I'm sure other people are big on a bigger screen. 
Yeah, I I have stopped buying cards this year to try and get some of the big boys knocked out over the next few years. So very cool. I I've been a pretty heavy uh, eBay addict for the last two and a half years, as you can't see behind me. So that it it took some willpower to just completely halt myself on that front. So yeah, <laughs> definitely. But uh, uh, moving on to the comments. Um, so VVV likes uh, some of them uh, oversized cards. Those are really yeah. nice pictures. Yeah, the turkey reds are pretty pretty cool. The sporting life. He does have a three finger brown silk. That's a nice yeah, pickup. That's yeah, which is which looks supposed to be the same image as like yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, you hear a little Dougie K in there. You know, he can't help it. <laughs> yeah, the, is you hear a little Dougie K coming out, huh? From from <laughs> and, the uh, <laughs> Rick saying the uh, silk you can get for three to four hundred dollars, which is more like half the amount. For like his T two O five, it's the same. You can you can do that because like I I'll do that. So yeah, that I I, I, I haven't seen that. I'm it, guessing on, on, you're probably gonna have to go to probably a not show eBay, right? to find many yeah, of those. Yeah, you probably need to go to a show. You know, I have not I have not seen vintage that. show. Yeah, yeah, I have not seen that. And. Chris from Missouri, welcome. Fan of the strip cards. Nice. Uh, Scott, oh, thank you. Uh, thanks, Mark. And okay, let's uh, continue on with your older cards there, Doug. Okay, so um, uh, I have uh, from 1888, which is kind of like the year of, of, uh, of the 19th century for baseball cards. Um, I have the, the, uh, the equivalent of the diamond stars of that era, which is the scraps tobacco. Um, so, uh, this is, uh, this is, um, the, die uh, cut. yeah, die cut, uh, Jack Rowe, who was, uh, part of the big four for the Detroit Wolverines. Uh, big four for the being being like the fearsome four hitters on the team, two of which are in the Hall of Fame. Um, he is not, although he did have like a mid twenties war, you know, productive guy. Um, and the Detroit were, were the champions of that series. Um, and then I also have the Walter Lethem, also known as Arlie Lethem. Uh, he is a T two o six and a T sorry a T two o five and a T two o seven card. Uh, because he played a little bit in the 19, like 1909 frame. And he was also a coach. Um, uh, and he was a bit, he was known for being a bit of a character. Um, and, uh, he had something like, he uh, had like a, a 30 war. Um, and, uh, so the, the, these two cards are ones, which is, uh, no idea why this would be a one. I mean, the backs are all kind of like this. As far as I can tell, but it must be the back that makes it a one. Um, I have never seen great. Them. They look amazing. Um, 
uh, and so this card, um, this the Lethem was um, two hundred two hundred and two dollars. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're even though the one. I mean, what collector grade for eighteen eighty eight would be a negative two, right? Isn't that how that that system works? <laughs> yeah, and I've been looking for those. They're hard to come by. <laughs> Um, and so then the, my last card that I have is my earliest baseball card and my, the best gift that possibly I was ever given, uh, Scott Ranger studios, uh, gifted me this raw and I, and I had it graded. It depicts, um, there's a, uh, it, there, there's a series in these cards that they each have like one says foul strike. This one says home run. And it's just this funny little character running around the bases. Um, and I happened to have gone to Cooperstown last weekend, uh, a week ago today. Uh, and um, there is a card exhibit. And the first card they show in that card exhibit is this one. Sweet. Um, so there are earlier cards, I believe. Uh, yeah, I, there are earlier cards, but this is the first one they, they show, um, which was interesting. Nice. And, and now. I mean, were you, are you looking to, to collect others in that set now? No, no, <laughs> no. Cause you know what? I love that card. Uh, it's not like I love that set. I love that card. And I really yeah. love that card. It's like, uh, it's so silly to me. It's such like a silly, funny card. Uh, I used to sketch little characters. And Scott wouldn't know this, but I always sketched little silly characters. And this kind of reminds me, it has like the, the elongated feet. And it's like, he's, you know, running. Um, this is just like one of the little characters that I would have drawn. Um, uh, or, but, but night, but, you know, done with more artistic ability. Um, so yeah, it's just right. This is so up my alley. Sure. Uh, any idea how much like a Hall of Famer goes for on that scrap set? Um, uh, sort of. Uh, cards don't come up that often, but um, there are a lot of lesser known Hall of Famers. I feel like you can sneak you can sneak in getting a Hall of Famer for like four hundred. I feel like you could. Mm. Um, I have, uh, but I feel you know the the the. I think the most expensive card is the Comiskey. Uh, uh, and I think that that those, I think you can get one for under a thousand. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, you go to like old judge or Allen and Ginter and those things are yeah, much, much higher. So, right. Right. I feel like you can get, get, get a Comiskey for under a thousand. Cool. And, that's, and that, that's a hard guy to get a playing days card of. Absolutely. So, uh, does that do it for your pre-roar one run there? Yep. All right. Any other questions from the audience or uh, otherwise uh, it looks like we're about ready to wrap things up. Last chance, last call. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate John. I appreciate you for having me and I really appreciate all the people who joined us and chimed in. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
thank you so much, Doug, for sharing your stuff with us, sharing some pricing. Uh, thanks all all the guests. Uh, you know, thanks for the those of us those of you sharing some of your knowledge as well as uh, you know the rest of you being here to possibly learn a little bit and uh, you know explore the world of pre-war, which is not as scary as it might seem if you haven't dug in at all. So. Yeah. Um, start start here <laughs> oh yeah that that is that is actually my first uh pre-war card of anything would be this one so yeah um that's that's where i started and uh you know from there you start to look at more of the main sets you can find other things that aren't the main sets you know once you get more comfortable and branch out um strip cards there's a whole world of strip cards so many different of these w yeah. designations and uh they really are in low quantities in terms of you know a population that's at least graded of those things yeah and and but, i think the strip cards are i think they're like in uh, in visual appeal they're very uneven but i think what's great about it is some of them are outstanding compared to the rest of the sets you know there's uh and you can sort of like get the diamond in the rough with some of them. Oh yeah. I mean, and there's a few strip card sets that are more notorious than others as far as people not liking the lack of artistic <laughs> uh, yeah. appeal of yeah. them. So versus others, I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, like things like this, I, I just, they're as artistic to me as a lot of the major sets. So, yeah, I think they're, you know, it's artistic. It's, it's just, I think the facial details are very simplistic, but, but yeah, that's so no I mean, different. It's... That's no different from maybe like the 1930, some of the 1933 Gaudi cards where their picture faces are so small. There's hardly any detail. Oh, absolutely. I mean, other than the uh, very identifiable leg kick, uh, you know, you can't exactly tell that that's Carl Hubble uh, too yes. closely. So. Right, right. But um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Doug. Thanks to the audience. And uh, be sure to uh, keep uh, checking out our live stream. We're going to be going every Sunday. I think now next week's schedule, we are uh, going to have Sammy Thunder visiting the channel to run his... Uh, quiz show that he's done a few times on his own channel so i was uh, on that <laughs> don't watch yeah. that appearance <laughs> yeah doug, doug watch, was, watch, uh, watch the one guest who did you did really well on there right right Doug. oh yeah i did i did absolutely oh yeah i won the whole you thing. nailed it just you just, just nailed don't it. watch it just don't watch it. uh <laughs> i'm just kidding watch the one next week that's the one you need to watch oh yeah so thanks everybody for watching and uh i will see you all next time Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, John.